Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today I'm joined by David Rakowskis. I'm fortunate to know several talented photographers. It's always good to have photographer friends. They, they see the world in just a different light, and I appreciate that. I've worked with David on a handful of occasions, and I'm happy to introduce you to him. He's someone who pursues his curiosity and is willing to humble himself in order to learn and get better. And you'll, you'll get a sense of that in his conversation as well. Our chat ranged from photography to learning to art to even Harry Styles. I'm always down to talk about Harry Styles. It was an incredibly enjoyable conversation, meaningful as well. Something we touched on is confidence, being okay with yourself and living a life that's true to you. You can follow David at Dave Martin Studios. Let's begin. All right. So on today's podcast episode, I have David Rakowskis. And we should we should just hit the ground running here. But I've worked with David three separate times. He's a photographer. He's super talented. And so my my first question to you is, how did you go from not knowing anything about photography to where you are now? Um, funny enough. So I've always been into like videos and photos. I remember back in like second grade i had we had a little handy cam and i'd always make videos with the neighborhood friends so we'd always like kind of mess around with that camera and i'd always have the camera on me and obviously i didn't really know anything but besides pointing and shooting and in eighth grade is when i officially learned how to edit like not correctly but learning how to edit because i just got an imac and there was iMovie on there and i taught myself how to edit um and obviously it wasn't the best edit but for an eighth grader it was it was good enough and i remember impressing my teacher and i just thinking like wow, this is really great. But um, that's how I started was with an iMac and iMovie because obviously when you're young and YouTube was just coming up back in 2008 to 2010s and you watch your favorite YouTubers and you want to be just like them, but you never knew how like editing worked as a child because like you had to cut and like it was yeah. back then impossible to get your hands on things like that because they were so expensive and it always seemed like if someone had that, they had the full like hand over you or the advantage over you. Yeah. So then I kind of, I started YouTube around seventh grade to eighth grade. And like, it was like, it was obviously <laughs> it was cringy stuff, but it was just me in my room, just being like goofy and stuff. And what happened is I went into high school, obviously, and I still have my videos up. And then I think funny enough, my best friend's wife now said, David, oh, we saw your YouTube channel. And I was at a baseball, we were at a baseball game. I was like, oh yeah, I did you. And then I went home immediately and I deleted the entire channel and I never looked <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh my God, like that was so cringy. But I wish I, I wish I didn't care so much what people thought because now the tables have turned where funny, like she's actually hiring me to do projects because she knows my videos are good. I mean, obviously yeah. she's not going to hire me to talk in front of a camera for her, but to edit for things for her and take photos. Yeah. But I, I, I semi wish like I didn't have that insecurity of making videos and would have pursued it all through high school because I did a few thing projects in that. But once I finally got into it is after high school around, I I think it was when I was 19, I watched YouTube again. I've always been into YouTube. And I watched this guy named Casey Neistat, who literally changed like the world of vlogging. And I was like, oh, What's I want to buy Casey? Casey, Casey Neistat. He's based in New York. And I think he's out in LA. And he changed the world of vlogging. Like he's the reason that people use DSLRs in the flip out screen now. Um, And he just like oh. completely destroyed the game. And I was like, oh, so like I have, I've been saving up money somehow at that time I managed to save up money and I like was in college and I didn't really know what to do what I wanted to do like most people that are 18 19 <laughs> some and, people now that are 30 or 40 yeah, that's <laughs> true and so I bought I bought a camera and it set me back $1,800 it completely wiped out my entire bank account and I wanted to make videos but then again I got self-conscious again for making a YouTube channel so I took photos and by accident they turned out good now I look at them, they're, they're complete trash, but at the time they turned out good. Mm -hmm. And then I just started YouTubing how to like take photos, how to do this. And it's one of those things where you don't remember when you started to know the things. It's like, when did okay. you not know how to tie your shoes? When did you not know how to ride a bike? It's like, yeah. it's like that. But from knowing completely nothing to knowing everything, it's almost like you black out because you learn it so fast. And once you get the hang of it, it's like, you completely forgot that you even like didn't know anything. So a lot of it was just self-learned and that's how I got from like knowing nothing 
to everything and just to span to YouTube and just honestly a couple six months. And then that's the technical, like the technical spot. And then the creative spot is where you grow. And that's where you need to focus more on as a photographer and videographer. But yeah, no, there's times where I look back and like, man, how did I even know how to like not use this? Cause when I first bought my camera, I'm not even kidding. I didn't even know how to turn off the flash. And I like, like flashed myself in the <laughs> eye. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I remember shooting on auto and I was like, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. But I like Googled how to turn off the flash and how to do this. And then like, it, it just started off with like little simple, like, okay, well, how do you turn off the flash? Okay. Well, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you do this? And then you slowly over time, learn how, like what camera does and everything else. And then a, raw, a lot of it's just experience too. Going did on you, there. how did you find out how to do that stuff? A um, lot of the stuff I do, um, or the stuff I learn, I go to YouTube university and I just YouTube yeah. how to do stuff. That's exactly what I call it too, YouTube University. That's just how you just, you just look up the things that you're looking to do. Like, how do you turn off the flash? Canon 80D. How to um, shoot video? Canon 80D. How to do 1080p? And then once you get into 1080p, they're talking about shutter speed. And you're like, well, I, what's shutter speed? And then you Google yeah. shutter speed. And they're like, well, make sure your aperture is correct too so you can have a shallow depth of field. I was like, all right, great. Two things I just don't know what that is. So you Google yeah. that. And then they're like, and then to have the cleanest photo you want your iso at 100 i was like what does that even mean so then you google that and then you figure out that all of them connect together called the exposure triangle which is a shutter aperture and iso and then like once you figure out how those work you go back to youtube and then you figure like you start to like understand that there's different technique techniques now of these like things and that's basically how i learned it is i looked for one problem i tried to solve one problem that caused me another problem so i solved that problem and then I, it was just down the rabbit hole and i kept having problems like I don't know what this is now and I don't know what that is now and that's how I learned is just kind of like trying to figure out how to turn off it started honestly with turn how to turn off the flash that's how it started <laughs> so and then next thing I know it you know I'm film out here filming weddings and stuff so yeah that's kind of how I went from zero to nothing so how do you because I experienced this of it, it feels like the the way to grow or the progress that I make, the way to be successful is to feel like an idiot every day because exactly. you have to, you have to learn and it gets, it. how do you get over the, I don't know if you experienced this, but the I, just, I, I just experienced this. <laughs> the like the frustration of, okay, now I have to learn how to do this. And then learning, you have to be, you have to have humility to take a step back and come at it with like a child's mind of like, you know, I, I just have to learn this. I'm going to soak it in and then try it out and do it. And you feel like an idiot because you're not good at it yet. Yeah. You know, yeah, and you just feel like a complete idiot. Like how um, do you get over that frustration of learning something new, learning something new? So, uh, I, I usually deal with natural light photography. Like I do with portraits outside. So it's all natural light. So you kind of learn how to move around and do all this. But when it comes to studio lighting is the other day is I, I did feel like an idiot, but I like to say it in better terms is it humbled me more because I, yeah. um, I've, I was cocky at 19 when I took my first like couple photos and I went to school for it, but that's a different story for a, a little bit later. Um, but like, even now I was like, oh yeah, I'm great. Like I, I watched two YouTube videos. I'm a professional in studio photography. I already know how to do <laughs> natural light. And I try and set up the backdrop. The bat trap keeps rolling down because I don't have clips. I don't have gaff tape. I'm like, and this my this client drove 30 minutes out to this place that I'm trying. Like I basically rented out. And then I tried taking photos. The the strobe died on me, so like the flash died on me. And then I look at the photos and they're just complete awful. And I'm just <laughs> like on the ground against the wall. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm so trash at this. But like one thing that helps is is the fact that one he was understanding, and two it's knowing that you're practicing so if it was like a paid shoot then i would have felt more like an idiot versus okay. more like this is a learning experience because in the end you're competing with yourself when you're practicing because that's mm -hmm. what it is it's to get better and it's a more humbling experience to understand that okay like i'm not the best at this but that doesn't mean i can't be better than what i am tomorrow so the next time i shoot i know to bring bring clips i know to make sure the batteries charge i know to make sure that i bring tape and i double check my equipment that I understand and maybe watch more videos that right there in itself is something that teaches me like the humbleness and like we all start somewhere 
ex- and then that's exactly what I was when it came to natural, like doing portraits, like senior portraits. I remember the first couple of portraits I did, I didn't know what I was doing to the point where the client's like, should I just do this? And I would just mumble like, oh yeah, sure. That's great. And now I walk into my portrait sessions like that, where I'm super confident and it's like you dial back. And I think it's a good realm to be in because some of my best photos, not portrait wise, but nature wise, were when I was first starting photography. And it's the most fun because you get to learn all over again. It's like the experience of, have you ever watched a movie or a book or listened to an album that you wish you could rewatch without having the knowledge because it was that beautiful? Yeah. It's like, you're blessed in that way to like, I get to redo this again. I get to remember what it's like to learn because again, later down the road, there's going to be a point where I don't I'm not going to remember how studio light just clicked to me. It just came to yeah. me. But now since I'm older and I can process that, I'll be like, okay, so here are the steps I took to learn. And here is how I learned them versus just learning to learn. So it's like really just humbling yourself and taking advantage of the situation because it's fun. It's mm-hmm. really fun to mess up because it's with you and you can joke with yourself. Like there's so many yeah. stories and photos I have that are really bad, but they're bad because I love the story behind them. Yeah. And like, there was one where I was doing a long exposure and I forgot, like I even clicked the button and it wasn't even over. And I was like walking around with it and it just <laughs> happened to like get the lights. It, like it like made like a light painting with the buildings. And I was like, this is so cool, but it was by complete accident. And then yeah. I learned like how this works. So it's really just being able to take advantage of that and be thankful that you are able to learn this again and be in this vulnerable state that some creative people forget to do because you keep doing the same thing over and over again you're not going to really you're going to learn but it's a completely different learning lesson so that's how i get over the frustration it's just taking it as literally just an actual learning lesson both mentally and physically and you know technically as well yeah that's great i think it it can apply to so much like if you were if you were to say give advice to someone like a photographer starting out or anybody that wants to start their own thing but they're starting at like zero. What advice would you you give to them? Um, so uh, I know it's something that it's kind of it's a little like a backhand slap when people say just take photos with your iPhone, because I I, I agree because you and this is again with learning from the start is such a beautiful thing because you're going to have zero, but you're going to do everything to make that photo work in itself. I was out, you know, at 10 o'clock taking long exposure photos. And I was more focused on my subject than I was in um, like technical stuff. Cause you can get overwhelmed with technical stuff. And the best advice I can say is invest in your composition and your lighting. The gear will come later. Like you don't need several lenses. And that's what I did before is I did several lenses. I bought several lenses and I was just kind of playing with the lenses and forgetting about what true photography is. And that's probably some of the best advice is really just go out and shoot with nothing because it'll give you everything in the sense of experience and how to like work. Like if I have one lens that's called a fixed Mm -hmm. lens or just a prime lens that you can't zoom in, it's just set at a a certain um, um, millimeter. You're if the building's too far away, you're going to walk closer. If it's too close, you're going to walk back versus a zoom lens where you don't really have to move. And that creates laziness. And I think to be as active and as, like puzzle like solving you can be that's probably the best advice i can give to someone that is just getting started in that for the entrepreneurial side i would say if you start a business one start an llc keep track of all your receipts and one of the most important things two important things is one never talk bad about your clients online i get people are going to frustrate you all the time but it's very unprofessional going on a tangent about how your client like just makes you mad. And I've seen it several times with photographers. And I know that if I were to screen record that and send that to that person, they would lose business and more business. Right. And it's something that comes with maturity. And I obviously have learned the hard way. Like I've definitely complained about clients, but I don't even repost memes that much about like what the client's budget is, what they expect, blah, 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 because that's rude. Yeah. It's funny, but it's, it's the it's same rude. thing with, um, so I bartend on the weekends and big rule of thumb is like, don't complain about customers when especially there's customers there, you know, like other customers hear you talking about other customers. Like you, it's very unprofessional, right? It is. It goes all across the board. And people are going to remember how they, how, how you make them feel. That's always the first, that's an impression. So if you're making someone feel kind of self-conscious about that, it's not a good look on the bar because you're not only representing yourself, you're representing your company as well. Right. So yeah, that's a, and, and I think that's a great tool overall to learn and it's biting your tongue in situations. Like you can complain about photography, like clients to other people, like photographers, but even then there's times to dial it back where there are, it is yeah. personal information where it's between you and the client. And that's yeah. kind of like 
that's business and people don't understand especially at a young age because you're just coming out of high school college where there's drama all the time and you're like oh, like what did this person say to that person <laughs> so, yeah yeah and then uh, the other thing i can i can say is probably uh under promise over deliver never over promise under deliver because that is a huge yeah. thing i definitely have been late on projects big projects before i've actually missed a project that was on fourth of july and i completely missed it and that was like the worst feeling ever i haven't yeah. missed a wedding at all but like it's just making sure that you keep a schedule and everything on time is really really important um because your reputation is going to be more important than what lens you have and that's like the truest words i can have so like just basically don't talk bad about your clients be on time have a schedule you know make sure you can handle what you can handle. Don't burn yourself out and invest in lighting and composition. It's for the first couple of things I'd tell people if they're just getting started with zero, because all of those things do not require camera besides like lighting. So describe composition for someone. So as you know, composition is like, there's a rule of thirds and there's like, there's things called leading lines. There's going to be a selective color and there's going to be things that just are pleasing to the eye uh symmetry is very attractive to people that's like some of the most attractive people have a very symmetrical face um my face is very lopsided so you know there goes that <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's understanding that if there is a bird most of the time you're gonna want and it's in the sky and it's just a blue sky you're either gonna want to put it in like the middle or in like the rule of third so like if this grid is right here you're gonna want them right here right here right here yeah or if i'm taking a picture say right here and like my head is down here there's a lot of dead space or negative space that yeah. isn't really pleasing like there's really nothing special about this versus like here where i have this balancing and then this balancing as well so that's kind of what composition is i've actually like i'm not probably the best person to ask it because it's just one of those things that comes naturally to me um mm -hmm. but it's under it's always getting something right in camera and that's what they stress in school in the two weeks that i did attend photography school <laughs> I was told that you want to get it right in camera first before you yeah. start post editing, because that's where the true magic happens. Yeah. So yeah, that's basically composition is just look at any photo and just see why it's pleasing and why it works and why it's that. I mean, like there's times where like, I don't know if you've ever seen the Banksy's, but um, the girl holding that balloon, mm -hmm. um, the way he put it, like there's a lot of dead space, but it shows that that balloon can fly up there. And that's proper mm -hmm. in my, in my terms, because it, it, it shows you that this balloon isn't like it, it could fly away at any time yeah. and it's still on the building and it, it, he uses dead space very correctly or negative space in my opinion. So yeah. Interesting. Chug, just chugging gallons of water. Yeah. Love it. So what, what kind of photography are you doing now? Like what are mainly you working on? So mostly I'm, uh, I always go in between photography. I always go in between photography and videography. Um, yeah. it's really, that's the best. It's having the best of both worlds. Um, originally I always see photographers become photographers and then become videographers. And a lot of photographers actually struggle to be videographers, but the, the type of style that I'm going right now is basically just senior portraits, kind of like engagement shoots, wedding photos and wedding videos. But mm -hmm. something that I've taken a true interest in is underwater photography. Um, I think it's seriously, really? yeah, the coolest thing ever. Um, I want to swim with whales and take pictures of whales. Cause I really want to be put in my place in the sense of like, we aren't the biggest things in the world. And I think it'd just be so eye-opening to like be face-to-face -face with a whale because like whales are huge. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. And I got to get, get certified in scuba diving, talk to a few marine biologists, a few underwater photographers. And it's the fact of like, is it going to like work out? Do I have to get a four-year degree? Because whales are protected um, by the government and stuff. So like, do I got to get clearance? I mean, do I have to become a marine biologist and do four years of school? And then I'd have to move to the East coast. Cause obviously like whales aren't in Lake Michigan. <laughs> they're in the, oh. they're in, they're in the ocean. Yet to be discovered. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yet to be discovered. But I, I don't know. I think <clears> that's it. Uh, I really like still life photography, like pastel stuff. I'm a, it's like editorial. That's um the kind of style that I want to go in, but for basically all living it's, it's weddings, it's portraits, it's business shots and uh, eventually product photography so yeah what's the opportunity that you've had that you've learned the most on um so i worked at a gym for uh, called razor sharp fitness uh the opportunity in itself was about three years i got promoted to their photographer and videographer and i was allowed to screw up and mess up and they understood that and that was probably the best opportunity that i had because i in a sense like i kept messing up there in the sense of like i didn't do projects right i was trying to figure out files it was trial and error and that was probably the best opportunity to grow because when it came to actual other clients i knew to ha how to handle myself and how like and learn from those mistakes and what i did wrong in there opportunity wise also as well i think each wedding teaches you something because one you have to get it right the first time there's really no do-overs especially in like ceremonies or um like yeah. 
first that kisses, makes a right? lot of sense yeah yeah and first kisses i mean i mean sometimes it'll be the person's second wedding but most of the times you're not going to film a second wedding for somebody um but there is it keeps you on your toes with weddings especially because i film by myself and that's very unheard of it's always two-man team i just didn't have the resources to work with uh two people so i just ended up doing by myself and i figured out apparently that's really taboo to do um but i had one person the tree fell and it completely knocked out all the power to the church and like everything and like the bride was cool she was fine but also it's part of the photographer and videographer's job to like reassure like everything's going to be fine like we're going to find a way to take these photos we're going to do and i did i found a way to get the video right and we had my microphones backup microphones and stuff like that and i think those are some of the best opportunities because it's um every situation is going to be different but you can still apply each tool to that situation and and so on and so on and so forth so um i haven't had too big of issues with everything i think that was probably the worst thing that happened but even that like things happen technically where you can't get the microphones to work or there's a buzzing so they unplug the microphone and you don't have them mic'd up so you're like crap now what do i do yeah and that completely changes up the edit and the style of the entire video so you have to think about it on your feet right there so if you can recognize like my mic the microphones just went out i'm not gonna have audio i have to re-completely do this entire edit and you have to like play it out in your head and then film completely different than you originally were going to oh man it, it's crazy, but it keeps so true. Wait, so tree fell, knocked out all the power. Tree fell, knocked out. Oh all the man, power. dude! I know, and thankfully she was a great bride. I've never had a bridezilla, and even if I did, I would never say I did. But right, um, I you know every bride is cool, but she was. I, I couldn't believe it, but she was, and I think that just kind of shows what true love is because things like that they matter, but they don't. And she didn't let it yeah. get to her. She was just more nervous to get married, which is understandable so plus yeah. she had the entire support team like her bridesmaids were there her friends were there like yeah and, and it makes for a good story that's obviously something no one's going to forget like, yeah hey, remember when this tree like fell down and it was absolutely insane i could not believe it happened wow so do you have a, a like a particular film tv show or a photographer that you like really enjoy their work and you follow follow what they do I really like this artist named Jimmy Marble. He's a photographer. He's a pastel editorial photographer. And his stuff is so unique. It is like the most beautiful artwork I've ever seen because everything, and I know you pay attention to art in paintings, everything's intentional. And yeah. that's what I love about painting. And then his photos, which goes back to the basics, is you want to get it right in camera first. So okay. he does that. He, uh, Was it Jimmy, Jimmy Marbles? Jimmy Marble, yeah. His photographer, I've I've shared a few of his of his pictures before, and his artwork is just absolutely insane. Um, so like I don't know if I can, if it probably, it probably won't even show up, but um, a lot of it is just like true to life stuff, and it's not true to life. It's a lot of like pop pastel pop art type deal, and he just gets it right right away, and it takes such a creative mind. And I aspire to be just like him. I actually reached out to him and messaged him saying, I love your work. I can't, I wish one day I can work for you. And he messaged me back and I fanboyed so hard. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like he's iconic. Dude, these photos I'm look. I Googled him. So these are, these are photos or paintings. These are photos. I love th- There's so much color in them. Yes. And I love that too. I love his photos with everything I have. Dang. These are really cool photos. So pastel, is pastel a color or a texture? Uh, pastel is a color. It's just, it's just like pastel purple, pastel yellow, pastel that. Yeah. He has a lot of vibrant colors. And it's nothing like too saturated. It's all like very muted and matted. This is this is totally my style. Yeah. <laughs> and, he's, and I love his photography. And I'm going to get to that level eventually. Obviously, I can't completely rip him off, but I want to I wanna get to that style. Because it, I've yeah. never seen a photographer like that. A lot of photographers are light and airy, dark and moody. And it doesn't separate them from others and he just just, it's on a whole new level he's like the michael jordan of photography to me jimmy marvel take a look are you on google right now or no or I, i can get on google type in miami horror art Kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Miami Horror is like one of my favorite bands. Yeah, Google Google image Miami Horror art. Let 
Why can't I spell Miami correctly? Oh, oh my gosh. I forgot it's M-I. <laughs> That's embarrassing. I'm a photographer, but I can't spell. Miami Horror Art. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Yep, for sure. It's like yeah. I, I really like uh like new new disco music. Um like just just like those types of vibes, bright, positive vibes. Yeah, it's the just music like, kind of reflects that. It looked like the Jimmy Marble, like that type of music would go go well with the photos and stuff. Yep, absolutely. And yeah, he's he's probably like one of the best photographers oh. I've ever seen. And I really love his work. So is there something that inspires you aside from media, from photography or, or film, or if there's something in the world that inspires you that then you can apply to your own photography? Um, I would probably definitely say music because music is the most powerful thing. Like I said earlier, uh, sound is 50% of video and a horror movie wouldn't be a horror movie without a high pitched violin scare for a yeah. scare. So I think music is probably the most powerful thing and the most inspirational thing to me, because when I listen to music, I imagine a video or a photo going through my head. So, mm. um, what kind of music are you listening to? I basically, I listen to a lot of like Tyler, the creator, Harry Styles, um, Frank Ocean, Rex Orange County, Harry Styles, dude. I love, I Harry love Harry Styles. Styles. Dude, it's- he, he's helped me in a sense. Those artists, um, Harry Styles and Tyler, the creator and Frank Ocean are very in touch with their feminine side. And I believe have like kind of really crushed the, the norms of toxic masculinity. And it helps you yeah. like be like, if those guys are so cool and everybody loves them, then why can't I just be myself? Like, I don't have yeah. to be the most macho person ever. And I think that's kind of a huge thing too, is just being inspired by yourself and listening to the music that makes you feel good. Um, but I just remember yeah. as a kid and you probably remember it too. I mean, when VH1 and MTV, you know, were music channels back then, they would in the morning play their music videos. And I would wake up every day, like six, like, like six o'clock and watch music videos. And then I subconsciously learned how to put music and videos together and how pictures work. Okay. And that's how weddings essentially are. It's just one big music video to you and you have to pick the appropriate song. Oh, and true. I think that's how I learned how to do video correctly was yeah, using proper music and following the lyrics and make sure that they make sense. So that's probably the biggest inspiration I use. Going back to Harry Styles, I can see where uh, love him. I man, I I find him very inspiring because he's he's so confident in himself. Yeah, that that um, I think when you listen to people's music or you you follow certain people, you're attracted to their confidence in themselves. Yeah, and he he's just like I feel like he's one of the few like true artists. Um, in like pop music where he's just, he, he does his thing. He puts out his music and what he likes is what he likes. And even the, the colors remind me a little bit of the, the Jimmy marble in some oh, of yeah, like the music put- videos and, and uh, well, artwork and confidence is key. Uh, that's, uh, it shows with everybody. I mean, if you're going to, if there's obviously that quote, like if you don't believe in yourself, then nobody will. And eventually yeah. when you're confident in yourself and you make things your staple and your mark and yourself, it become they start to brand with you like yeah me being goofy is like oh that's just david or uh me painting my nails clear mm-hmm. like oh like i've done it so many times now it's just me and because i like it and yeah. it's really not affecting anyone else me like wanting to wear pearls every now and then uh, yeah it's just i mean obviously you get that from harry styles but still it's just like if he can do it then why can't i do it i may not you know have a million followers and be a musician but that doesn't mean i still can't be something in myself right and that's confidence attracts everybody and we we naturally look for a leader and sometimes you need to be the leader in yourself. So I think that's a lot of what Harry Styles is, is he just leads, but he's not weird about, he's just himself. And people are like, whoa, like if that's cool, then why, why can't it be cool? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's so cool. And And Tyler, Tyler, I haven't listened much to Tyler, the creator. Um, Tyler, the creator was very vulgar. His first couple albums, he was kind of like F you F this. I hate people. Yeah. Um, You know, using derogative terms to, uh, for women and stuff which, you know, I don't know how PJ the, the, the podcast is, but but basically you'll understand what the derogative yeah. terms can be. And um, then he kind of like became more comfortable with himself. And um, Ego, there's this album called Cherry Bomb, which is, like, it's basically rap, but it turned mm-hmm. more into like soul music, I guess. And if that's the best way I can describe it, more like a childish Gambino type, type music. Okay. Um, 
and like he really found himself flower boys when he's like supposedly it's like the theory is like when he was like questioning himself if uh-huh. he is gay or not and that was him coming out and then igor is a breakup album about him and a boy and like him saying like i know your secrets like i was your side guy blah 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 and like the music videos are him like chasing a white boy and stuff and uh-huh. people still love him like he literally has told people like yeah i'm gay but people don't think like he's serious because he just jokes around so much <laughs> like but people like he's a fashion icon like yeah people like he's confident in himself and i think that's what makes people attracted to like people like harry styles were like you're just yourself like he wears what he wants he does what he wants and it's cool because he is just that person and i think that's a really big life lesson that you Mm -hmm. unfortunately have to learn later in life because if you think about it because i was a kind of a jerk in high school like you kind of like bully the weird like you bully the weird kids for what for literally just being themselves and now that's the cool thing to do is just be yourself because it's the most authentic like the kids that liked anime or the kids that would like you know naruto run to the hallways like they're weird but in reality five years later i find myself watching anime and naruto right (laughs) so um i it's unfortunate that that has to happen sometimes but i think that's people like that subconsciously help other people just be themselves and be okay with themselves because yeah even if you're not cool for the first couple years of your life you could be cool for your entire life if it's up to you so you just got to be cool with yourself yeah exactly and it's just that's where confidence comes from yeah what do you think, uh, is there a habit you have or, or something you do every day that you think makes a positive impact on your day? Um, it's kind of a double negative, I guess, or it's kind of like a positive and a negative. I don't know if there's a double negative, but it's, I drive around a lot. I okay. spend so much money in gas. Driving is my escape because that's where I can listen to music. And yeah, I can okay. listen to music and be in my like room and stuff, but it's just completely different when you're driving because you're doing two different things. You're in control where you get to go, but it's also, you just get to drive and like look at stuff and really imagine and I, I told that to Ken um you know I was, I was getting dressed you know because now I'm in Chicago and everything's like locked down and you, you literally can't like nothing's really open yeah. so and you can't sit down somewhere to go inside and I was getting dressed and he's like where are you going I'm like I'm just gonna go for a drive yeah and I just drove around the city yeah. you know listening to music exactly and it's fun and it, it it can help relieve stress for me but also it is negative because there's times where i'm procrastinating and procrastinating gives me anxiety and then i drive to avoid that anxiety which only causes mm. more anxiety but then i'm like <laughs> oh so what can i do so then i go drive even more but yeah i think driving is it like it's funny enough because if i ever were to become a musician and it's something i've actually looked into later down the road but i think my first like album would probably be called it had to do something with driving like long drives Mm-hmm. or something i don't know what to call it but it's because it's been such a huge part of my life and i just love i love driving like i'll go to green bay and back like twice a month and i've gone to elkhorn which is probably wait 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 so okay you drive that far when I you go on far. these drives yeah like so you I, live I, at racine county right southeast right, right, wisconsin right. yeah for listeners and and then um like i'll go to milwaukee milwaukee's like 30 minutes and like that's not enough time for me to think so then i'll like i i tried sheboygan and i was like okay that's that's good enough and then like i would go to green bay but i've always have gone to green bay just for some reason i think when back in high school my friend and i would sneak out in school nights and we'd drive to like green bay or madison on a what? yeah we do that because it was just like it's like it gets that, that reaction like wait why and then like dude we were just in green bay like five hours ago what did you do in your life and yeah i just found out like it's fun to drive whether it's with someone or with someone else mm-hmm. but i think you you start to you start to build connection it's really weird but you start to build connections with these roads and these routes that you take because when i drive i take the same routes because that's where sometimes i've had my best moments of self-realization that's where like i've cried i've laughed i've just thought i haven't sometimes i just drive without any music or sometimes i'll go the entire time singing or i won't and it's a great way to kind of find and question yourself in certain situations but yeah i'll go to green bay sheboygan jamesville is my new place now which is still like an hour and 20 minutes away and I got do you, like when you're in Janesville, do you do anything or you just drive um, back or a, a lot of the times I, I take drone photos, but I, you can only take drone mm. photos of so many places. Um, but Janesville is, it, it's a cool cause there's a bridge that's lit up and I really like, I, I don't like Janesville in itself as a town. Uh, other besides like my friend and I went up to a bar there and we had a good time there. Um, but that's like the only memory I have with Janesville. I think it's just more to drive. Um, okay. And like Elkhorn, like each city has its own thing for me. So Elkhorn is like, I'll drive out there. And that's when I started to get into running and started to get into fitness. But that was years, years ago. That's when like, I didn't even understand what I was doing until recently, a couple months ago. But that's when like, I was pre my girlfriend and then post the breakup 
and like I everything stayed the same in that town besides you know a few construction but the roads stayed the same unless they got paved mm-hmm. but you get the idea is like it's something it's a it's like a home away from home and there's times where like I would just walk out there and then walk back sometimes I go to a place look at the place for five minutes and come back so it, really? it's something that yeah it's like it's unique when you find someone that's willing to, to do that with you. And I found a few friends that we just go for drives. So that's just kind of like how it, it happened. And it wasn't, it was even before quarantine that we would do that yeah. because obviously you couldn't do that with driving, but and I, how did your drive go with the Chicago thing? Like, what do you think about? Um, you know, just what's going on, what I have to do sometimes in my apartment, I'm like too, you know, like, like my book is like this. Yeah. I'm too close. I have to step away and a lot of times I find that, you know, like for me right now, there's, there's not a lot for me to do except work on my work. So yeah. I feel this anxiety if I'm not working because I literally have like so much time to work on it. So there's no excuse. Yeah. So it feels weird taking a step back and emptying out my mind a bit, even though when I come back now, I'm able to actually create better and more work you know exactly yeah and i think that's the magic about driving and people obviously i'm pretty sure it's illegal just to drive around i'm pretty sure that's like a law i forgot what that's called. i think it's like cruising. Really? yeah i remember actually dennis told me that um that it's kind of like you're not allowed to like just drive just to drive but obviously like if you get pulled over and you can just say like, yeah. go to, going to my friend's house yeah but, um there was this uh this other time so Chicago was like locked down. It was like a weird time in, in like March and April. So the yep. city was shut down. Um, you really couldn't go outside. You're only supposed to do like essential things. And because nothing was open, my friend, um, he has he has a long distance girlfriend. He lives in New York City. She lives in Chicago. So he came back to quarantine with her. And he's the second person I like broke quarantine with. And there was nothing to do. So we just went in my car and then we just drove around the city for two hours and just checked out all the neighborhoods. And it was like one of the best days I've had. Yeah. Just just chilling, looking around in Chicago. There's so many different things to look at and each neighborhood is unique. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Driving. I'm telling you, driving is definitely it's a, it's a, it's one. I mean, obviously, I think I've probably spent close to like a thousand dollars in fuel. I'm like you doing that with your your drive Uber and stuff. Um, like I put on, I'm about to reach 190,000 miles and I've only had my car for three years. So like the reason why is cause I drive <laughs> everywhere. Like, honestly, there's been times where I've dri- I've just yeah. driven to, um, Iowa, uh, mineral point, which is okay. Dubuque basically. And I'll go there and I'll come back. And that's like a two and a half hour drive. So an altogether five hours. Wow. Uh, I would like to go to Dark. I also do it with, um, either ride my bike or I'll, I'll take the public transportation. And, um, I lived off the Brown line before and it goes to the loop downtown and then it comes back. Yeah. And I'll just go that I'll just in college. I did that a lot. Yeah. It's obviously I could go for walks, but it's almost like an addiction in the sense of like, I can only walk this path because I can see everything. And then when you're driving, you travel obviously very, you know, fast if you're following on the speed limit, but, um, there's just so much to see. And yeah. it's so mundane, but it, it, it gives you an appreciation of, of little things in the sense of like, I like these towns for certain reasons, they're personal reasons. I have no connection. I have no liquidation there or housing or whatever mm-hmm. there, but like, why do I like it? And it, it really, you can self-reflect, especially if you go by yourself and maybe you yeah. listen to a podcast or you listen to music or you're just having anxiety or a creative block. And I really suggest like, that's something that you should take more advantage of like bike rides are cool. Don't get me wrong. But I think if you take your car, drive somewhere, then take your bike somewhere else new. Yeah. It's a completely different experience. So do you, when you listen to a song, are you reminded, does it bring you back to that drive and what you were thinking about and going through? Yes, absolutely. Okay. There's a few songs like that. Um, a song called super rich kids. Uh, I would always drive to Kenosha to, uh, therapy because I was dealing with a terrible breakup and stuff. And the reason I listened to that song is because my ex-girlfriend really liked that song. Mm-hmm. And it like, in a way it made me feel closer to her or like, I still had her because we, I still had that memory of her, but then you also okay. like take into account, like the smells, the feels, the weather, what happened yeah. that drive. And it was a, it was a winter. It was like during December to January. So every time I listen to that song, I think about those times and 
even last summer, like certain songs bring me back to that certain feeling. And I think that's yeah. a really important tool to have to be able to remember what it, something made you feel like. And that's the same thing with photography. Like I look at some photos and like, I know what I was doing at that exact time. And I know what mm -hmm. I felt like. Yeah. It's a great feeling. So if you have an open day, how would you choose to spend it? Well, unfortunately, um, most people are bad with money, which, you know, I'm every, not that I'm, I'm getting there. I'm learning. How to, <laughs> I'm learning how to do money. But, Trial uh, and error. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, but I'm very bad with time management in the sense of being yeah. your own boss and having your own schedule is very dangerous. And it's a lot of responsibility. It seems like it's really fun. And it is like being able to make my own schedule and do what I want to do. It's great, but it's a lot of responsibility because you can procrastinate. And the only one it, like it is affecting is you. And a lot of the time, what I do is I just, I watch a lot of YouTube videos, mostly because I deal with a lot of anxiety about, you know, the fear of FOMO missing out on what people are doing. Or if there's this girl I like, I'm wondering, oh, is she with someone? Is she doing something? So I'll just watch YouTube videos, like podcasts, like Joe Rogan, or even like, I like watching dinosaur videos or like just basically oh, yeah. anything like highlights, highlight clips. Yeah. Like H3 yeah. highlight clips or whatever, and basketball clips. And I'm not even yeah. a sports person, but I like that stuff. And that's kind of what I do in my free time or I'll go drive around, but. Um, usually I, I try and spend it with a lot of friends. Um, I think, I think the mind of an artist obviously reflects their life truly and what they want to be. So like for you, like your paintings behind there is you're so, to me, they're like, you're so driven. And I've seen that, like, yeah. I was actually thinking before and I was like, dude, like it is like, to me, the coolest thing that you have a book, like something tangible. Mm -hmm. And the fact that anybody in the world can access that and buy it. Mm -hmm. Like that is such a powerful thing. And I think that just shows in your own art and your own self. And I think a lot about on my free days and my open days is to like what other people are doing, but in a, in a healthy way, what other artists are doing. And that's the great part is you can discover the world through your, your computer. And that's something I've been trying to do. And I've been trying to get into more reading too. Mm -hmm. And like figure out different arts because with everything in art, there's always something to learn and there's always something to gain from. And I'm pretty sure you, your experience with your book, you probably, yeah. I mean, that probably changed your life, didn't it? Uh, which one, which book? Uh, um, well, I forgot you. Yeah. See, that's already cool. See, you see that's, <laughs> that's all I like doing now. I got I three that. books now. Yeah. You got three books. Yeah. Wait, did the third one already get published? Yeah. Yeah. It came which out one? in May, but it, it, you know, it wasn't a big hoopla because everything was under, quarantine and stuff yeah oh i have to check it out yeah it's an art book the third one is an art book oh yes yes i did and see I, that. Uh, I got a so i took um yeah see. primary colors yeah primary colors so there's a there's a like a really deep story with the art and the book yeah let me hear it so i made i made all the art for the book so um, you're probably where so, so I was, I was on the farm on the tractor. This was in 2018 yeah, and it started on fire and I jumped from it and then it, it got me just thinking differently about life and wanting to pursue more in life, like not, not being flat, but like really going after it. Yeah. Um, and coincidentally, I signed up for a, a membership at the art Institute, like okay. the week before. So when I went to the art Institute after the accident, like I was never an art guy. I was never really into art. And uh, then I, when I went through it, I was like, it blew my mind. It's a museum of just ideas. That's all art is. It's like ideas. Yeah. And, uh, and it's like, well, why can't I do this? So exactly. I go to the contemporary, uh, the contemporary wing. Yeah. And I would see stuff and I'd be like, well, I can do that. Yeah. I just got to figure out how I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And then you go to the, the art shop or the, you know, the souvenir shop and you see all these different, like, like I would see books, like art books. And it was like, Oh, that's what I'll do. So I'll yeah. make uh, my own art and then put it in there. And then through the years, whenever, whenever I felt like down or, um, you know, I had like a free night, I would paint. So some of these are like the original paintings yeah. and it would be like, I'm going to, make these paintings but digitally and then put them in the book mm -hmm. um so the book has like 55 art pieces and then recently i created an online art store yeah okay where, i did see this yep yeah where people can buy buy the art 
just like the art institute you know so yeah. now i have my own store so that's that was book three that we completed that's awesome like yeah. it's seriously like that's one of the coolest things is uh it's funny because i i saw someone make a coffee table book of just photos and i was like wait why am i not doing that why am i not getting in on that and then i realized like the driving and everything else i can put this together and a project i've had in mind is uh you know i feel like everyone wants to go to california or hawaii or somewhere like unique in a a sense of flex culture uh to show off but like Mm -hmm. art isn't everything and i think if you can find true beauty in your own state like why why yeah. Appreciate the little things, you know? So what, what this taught me too. So a lot of, a lot of the art was based on things I see going about my everyday life. Yeah. So I would, I would flip through like art books. There's like three different types of, of art in the book. And it's um, one is just like who I'm inspired by going, yeah. just going to the art Institute um flipping through like modern art books. I found modern art stuck with me most. Um, So some of the people I liked are like the Bauhaus people, um, uh, which is this, this movement in like the early, like 1920s and from Germany, Uh, Andy Warhol, Jasper Johns. Andy Warhol is the guy with the soup cans, right? Yeah. 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 So it's pop art, like pop pop art, art, bright, um, Jimmy Marble, optimistic, yeah. Um, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, those those types of things, and then, um, but then also, there's a lot of interesting patterns around the city of Chicago. So what yeah. I would do is instead of being on my phone traveling to places, I'm I got my eyes open and I'm looking around the city, and then I take photos of interesting things and then I replicate it, and so I'm training my eye yep. to understand that there's beauty in everything. It's everywhere, but you just have to train your mind how to look for it and see the beauty and the positivity. And I think that's absolutely true. What you said, people, people uh, think of California that way, LA, New York and everything because it's already happened, but we can make our own places and the places we live and love, we can make it just as cool, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it, it takes an open mind to see that. And I think that's, and I, I don't like to criticize the sense because I mean, what do I know? But I think the structure of art in high school and elementary school is very misguided, I guess is the best word I can say, because I get, you have to learn fundamentals with photography and anything like it's yeah. all fundamentals. Like, you know, learn the rule of thirds, your composition, if this like color coordination, the color wheel, I get that. But what discouraged me from thinking that I was an artist is because I couldn't draw like, and I felt terrible that my mm. artwork was just complete trash compared to everybody else's like, and obviously yeah. I was really hard on myself. And then I just hated it. I was like, I hate, I didn't like my teacher. I didn't like, like, I, sorry, I couldn't draw. And obviously at the time, digital was just getting to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that art in itself is basically anything. It, it can be- Art is like a mindset. It is. And that's yeah. the great part about it is you can find out so much from somebody just from their music taste, their paintings, their, mm-hmm. their pastel and all that. And people don't even have to speak a word. And if you like yeah. get a taste into their music taste or art or whatever they like, you can find out who they are just from that thing. And I think that's yeah. such a beautiful thing, but- it's taught that you have to be able to like, you're graded on art. And I totally understand that. I'm not going to like be like, yeah, like it's school, Mm -hmm. but I think some teachers are a little too difficult on students where it can discourage them. And I think it should be opened up the fact that you can basically do whatever you want in type of art in that sense. Um, Mm -hmm. Third grade. I remember feeling so crabby myself because I couldn't uh, make uh it was like a pumpkin or something. It was like a picture of a duck. I was like, it was terrible, whatever. And, you know, all my friends did great. But now, like, I'm training to swim with whales and take photos of whales. So what would my art teacher say now? <laughs> and it's just like, I, I, I won in the sense of uh-huh. that. And I, it's... Well, it shouldn't be about winning. Winning... But I think I won in myself. Yeah, okay. And the fact that like, I got over that, which something that made me feel crappy about myself, which is now my livelihood, is I won... Yeah 
over that that self-consciousness that fear that i was developed and i think it's a great i think art in its school is great and it's creative minds but i get you also have to you know not every kid can become an artist but i think everybody has a little art inside them so yeah Depending I think art is. can spark the imagination, which then imagination can be a- applied to any field, any industry. Exactly. And, you know, with marketing, with with every commercial, and this is a thing too, like I said, every painting has a purpose and is intentional. Everything in commercials is intentional. I love mm-hmm. watching commercials because you have to tell a short story in 30 seconds or less. And it's, like, yeah. it's that's a an art in itself to be able to do that and then make sure that all oh, like your clothing your wardrobe your makeup your lighting is all correct mm-hmm. that's all intentional and people overlook it and they're like damn like i hate commercials but take a second they're like whoa like look at the graphics on this thing look at this and maybe that's just something that i look at but it, it's cool to see that we overlook such complicated things mm-hmm. and we take them as such simple things like people can say what your artwork was is always brush strokes it was this and that but if you look for a deeper meaning which i'm starting to sound a little like philosophical one of those art douchebags that are like oh like according to my uh, art studies yeah. blah 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 but <laughs> so this one this one has like the most meaning behind it it's called kobe okay. and so i was um uh so right before this was in january i i met with my art editor like two hours before I left on the plane. So the Bucks, the Bucks were gonna play a basketball game in Paris. And I was like, this would be the coolest thing to go. So yeah. I bought a ticket last fall and it wasn't the art that made me like go to Paris because I wanted to go to Paris my entire life. It yeah. was the Bucks playing there. And I envisioned, okay, I have like 170 art pieces that I made. I'm gonna pick yeah. out my favorite ones and I'm gonna show it to him. He's gonna say, great. And then I'll enjoy my trip. And then we met and he pointed out the inconsistency with them. So, so I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. So now while I'm in Paris, I'm just like frustrated. And it, I ended up making like five new art pieces in actually more than that, but five made it into the book. And this is the cover. I didn't have a cover and it happened the day. This is called Kobe. So in the morning, I was heading out to Versailles and I, I don't listen to music often or I don't put my headphones in when I travel on public transportation because I want to like observe everything. Smart. Uh, and I was like, you know, I'm on like vacation. I can I can listen to music. So I, I'm pulling out my headphones here, you know, trying to untangle them and everything. And then I reach in my pocket for my phone and it's gone. So I'm like, oh, no. And I'm like, wow. I'm just feeling like an idiot. Like, okay. Did you, for, did you forget it or did it get swiped? Got swiped. Oh man. So, so then are amazing. That's an art in itself, man. So, so then, so then, you know, since the tractor accident, I've been studying and practicing philosophy. I've been being more intentional with my life. And so the rest of the day, I'm just reminding myself, you know what? It's just a physical thing. I'm not hurt. It's like, I'm not gonna let this ruin my day or how I think about my trip or anything, just move on. And so yeah. later that night, I was at, uh, I was at a restaurant, this, this like barbecue restaurant. And uh, I'm sitting by myself and I have my, my notebook with me, this exact notebook. Yeah. And, and uh, I noticed like 20 feet away, this guy had a tattoo on his tricep mm-hmm. right here. And it was, it was this, it was this design. Really? Yeah. So then okay. I scribbled it in my notebook. And then when I got back to the, the hostel, uh, my card key wasn't working, of course. So I waited in line at the front desk and someone, uh, this, this younger guy was in front of me and his friend came up to him and he said, did you hear the news? And he's like, what? He said, Kobe died. And we're just like, what? And a lot of times on Twitter, fake stuff will come up like that. So I'm like, no, it, it, that can't be real. Yeah. And then so he asked him, how did he die? A helicopter crash. And I heard he's, he's taken helicopters sometimes. And it's like, dang. So I got my car key fixed, went upstairs. Sure enough, it was real. And then within like 10 minutes, I just made this art. And yeah. then it became the cover of the book. Because it, it's about anything physical can be taken from you, including your body. But yeah. your spirit will live on. Kobe's spirit will live on. And what you do 
and how you live your life will impact other people. And that yeah. will continue into the future. And it's going back to people are going to remember how, how you made them feel, whether yeah. it's good or bad. And that is a thing about Kobe. He's always spoke about hard work. And that was yeah. cool. That was cool. But yeah. I mean, I think Kobe's death was one of the things where it's one of those things like you remember where you were and what happened. And I think everybody has a story yeah. relating to that. If, because I like, obviously I'm not a big, I'm not a big basketball fan, but I know I found out from Justin Bieber. I was on Instagram and I swiped up and I saw like a post he said, mm. so sad to see. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So like, I first, like, I was like, I was confused. I was like, what? Yeah. The confusion. It, it just shows you that, you know, the stages of grief is like denial or it's whatever. And it's true. Like everybody experienced that denial stage. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, whoa, like, so then like, obviously I did the same thing. I looked and I was like, he actually died. And I was like, no, no. And then I, and I looked on the yeah. ES, like ESPN and CNN and I was like, wow, like, this is real. And it does put things in, pers in per perspective. You can be the biggest person yeah. in the world and still you, there's still the certain, there's certain death no matter what. Yeah. Yesterday was the uh, 40th anniversary of John Lennon's death. Really? Died when he was 40 years old. Kobe died. Was he 41? I think. Yeah. Or, or around there. And like Kobe life, nothing is guaranteed. Like our life is not guaranteed that we're going to live X amount of years or be old when we die. We're lucky if it's that way, but Kobe in those 40 years, he lived his life like an artist, like he lived it to the fullest. Yeah. And that's what you want out of life. That's what inspires people. You know, I feel like that takes a certain mindset too. And it's, you know, they always talk about winners and losers and, you know, what is the mindset of those people? Like, why does he have that mindset versus everybody in America? Like, why can't everyone else like pick up a ball or essentially like, perfect their craft like that and, yeah. and become like the michael jordans and all that like why like why was he the one and i always find that so interesting is looking at people's brains and their work ethic i think work ethic is so interesting and it's a study that i would like to do eventually in people because you look at how everyone works different that's what's so unique about people is everyone's yeah. so different in the way they organize files or they put their books or like they tie their shoes yeah. we're all so unique in ourselves but somehow some people make it work to their advantage and like dude sitting down and writing a book i don't know how you did that i i, I can barely write like a one-page essay and i think that's just shows work ethic and again that just shows so much of someone's personality and drive to and strive to be like some someone better than what they want to be yeah like, well why don't we uh why don't we wrap this up here what's something yeah, you dream of accomplishing within the next five years or in your um, future, what are you driven um, to do? Um, run, run and direct commercials, become an underwater photographer and swim with whales and reach a higher status and be more respected in mainstream media are definitely the, th the things that I definitely want to pursue in the next couple of years. And those are all possible. I mm -hmm. mean, you never see like as much as I would love it right now, you never really see young directors. It's very rare. And if they do it good for them, but I think everyone takes a different direction and that's probably it. And hopefully, you know, it, it will be all because of hard work. I mean, dreams don't work unless you do. So yeah, right. basically swimming with whales in the next couple of years. So that, that's my main goal right now, swimming with whales. Cause it's more, more uh, reachable and stuff. So what kind of yeah. whales? Um, I, I want to do blue whales cause they're the biggest whales. Yeah. And I, I honestly like, it's just, it's going to put me in my place. You know, like I, I don't like being called out by people but i'm more than happy to be called out by a whale without even <laughs> anything because it's just like whoa like yeah. you think you think about just floating in water and just this giant thing in front of you and it just puts things in perspective and you know it's i've never been scared to do it besides this one video that i showed which just like shows how little the person is compared to a humpback whale i think the second mm -hmm. biggest whale it's just like whoa like this is real life and this is something that people will never be able to do because one, they don't want to pursue it, but two, like, what are they scared of? And I get like, people are scared of open water. They have their fears and stuff, but I think it's just something that I need to do for myself. And I think it's going to help me find myself in the sense of we, there is like life, like there's such, I don't want to say there's such bigger problems, but there's such different opportunities. Like everyone wants to be, you know, be an astronaut and be someone on the moon, but who's not to say that underwater is its own world in itself. And I think mm -hmm. that's my version of becoming an astronaut is swimming with a whale. Nice. I love yeah. that.
Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on today. This has been no, so fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. It's, it's an honor to be on your podcast. I'm a huge fan of everything that you do, especially your book. I still need my book to be signed by you. Uh, Which one? We can make the it fir- happen. The first, the first one. Um, oh, yeah. Been, almost for human. Yeah. Yes. I need, because I love stuff like that. Like, I love, like, I fanboy over such like things for some reason. I just think it's just so cool to have the author write, like, like sign a book and it would be yeah, such an honor cool. to like have that. So yeah, we'll make that work somehow, but thanks That's for having right. me, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to rich conversations. Again, you can follow David at Dave Martin studios. Be confident in yourself and make this day your own.